This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Mercy Talk. This is Brooke. I am laughing because I am terrible at introing these things. <laughs> we may and have already had like two or three takes yep. before this one. Yep. Awesome. So, it's good. You did good. Yay for editing. Go. <laughs> uh, so I am Brooke, and I'm here with Rachel and Melanie, hey. and we are talking about stories. If you haven't listened to the one before this, go and do that. It will mm-hmm. help explain everything we're doing. But just a quick recap. Um, we do Mercy uh, Nancy, actually, not Mercy specifically. Nancy mm-hmm. has a new book out called Treatment or Transformation. And we're going to be recapping some of the stories. Um, do not hear like, well, I could just read the book. That's not. Nope. Yes, do read the book. Yep. But this yes. is really, we're going to kind of um, dig a little deeper into some of the stories and as always have practical application for you and your life. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's what we're doing today. And the first podcast of this month was us with Nancy and her talking oh, about yeah. the book, yes. what inspired her to write it, all of that. So it'd be great background if you'd like to hear just straight from her mouth Oh yeah, about the book. Yeah, go do so, that. Absolutely. And what her we're, passion is yep. infectious. It so. is indeed. So we um, are just kind of unpacking some of the stories and then chatting about them. It's really what we're doing yeah. for the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. So... Um, this week, we're going to talk some about one of the stories from the book um, about a girl named Franny. And um, so I'm just going to kind of quickly recap. There's so many details that we're not going to get into in these stories. But just to give you all as listeners kind of background on her story that we're going to chat about. Um, Franny, one thing to keep in mind for the end of her story is that she, like from an early, early age, was super creative, could literally play the piano by ear at three crazy. I don't I even feel like you don't have the fine motor like skills for that. Fingers like even? that's you can't quite move. impressive. Yeah. 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 But yeah, like literally crazy. from a very, very early age, she was already showing so much signs. I mean, so much signs. That was great. So many, so many signs of just creativity, love for music and that kind of thing. Um, and that'll come back around here later in the story. But Anyway, while while Franny's mom was super busy with their family business, Franny spent a lot of time hanging out with her brother, who happened to be seven years older. And uh, when Franny was six years old, their family moved to a different house and reunited with her father, who happened to struggle with alcohol. Mm. So it's not really a great setup already. But um, really, that when they moved, like overnight, things kind of seemed to change. And Franny's older brother began to sexually abuse her when she was only six years old. Um, And when she was 10, there were other men who started showing up at the house, usually during parents' work hours when they weren't around. Um, And, you know, from her perspective, she's looking and like her brother's taking money from these guys and then they're using her for sexual pleasure. And so she's like, well, what's going on with that? You know? Um, but basically it's exactly what you think. Yeah. She became a sexual object for sale and, um, her brother eventually made a deal with a local gang member who then became in charge of sex trafficking Franny. We'll talk a little bit about this, I think on the back end, but, um, you know, I just, I do feel like so many people have this certain picture of what sex trafficking looks like and don't realize that it can be happening just within families and within, 
um, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people still have this picture of it just being some overseas thing um, oh, in brothels, yeah. you know, yeah. but how it plays out, like even just this story mm-hmm. is pretty heartbreaking. Um, but Franny eventually gets to this point where she's, she, she's thinking, okay, so serving men is my life purpose. And that is where my value is found. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm on the planet to do. And it's just so like that in and of itself is the most heartbreaking thing to imagine. But I mean, this happens a lot. I mm-hmm. think with people who've been abused or sexually abused, especially from a young age is that they're like, Oh, so that's what I'm here for. Like this mm-hmm. is normal. And that there's a, really sad but sick identity that gets formed in that like that is my purpose for being here is to be a sex object Mm -hmm. and that is exactly what she took on in her life um after about three years of that the trafficking kind of stopped suddenly her brother was arrested the older gang leader disappeared from their lives and obviously anyone would look at that and go like well yay praise jesus she's not being trafficked anymore but for her she's 13 years old and it's left this huge gap in her life because if she's identified that like no this is what i'm here for this is my purpose and now it's no longer there like what am i supposed to do and the loss of those very sick, abusive relationships, they were, they were what had defined her reality. And so now they're all gone. And so eventually Franny drops out of school and she started walking the streets for hours and guys would pull up next to her, pick her up. And, um, she just found herself in more and more relationships that just only led to so much more pain. Um, but at 17, Franny finally told her mom what had happened. So apparently this had just been like under the radar. No one knew about it in her family. At 17, she told her mom what had happened with her brother because her brother had been released from jail. And when she told her mom, like their family just completely blew apart. And because her brother had become suicidal at that point, her mom asked her to live somewhere else while he recovered. There's so many things I could say about that. But anyway, (laughs) so Franny's like basically on her own. Um, and rock bottom was definitely soon to come. And she, she began planning her suicide. Um, and a relative heard about mercy multiplied, I guess at that time it would have been mercy ministries, but heard about mercy on a Joyce Meyer TV show and urged Franny to consider applying and consider being part of the program. Um, and so I'm sure there's always, I'm like, there's probably so many details in that too, that we don't get on this Mm -hmm. end. But like, how did that all go down? What all did Franny battle back and forth on like, do I do this? Is there actually hope for me? I don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff. But anyway, Franny did eventually send in her application and made a promise to herself. She would try to get help. And if it didn't work, she would take her own life, which we've heard that story many times. Oh yes. Oh, a lot. A lot. Oh, yeah. For, I'll give a percentage because, yeah. you know, I only give that if I have exact. <laughs> Listen, if you ever hear a number or a stat from Brooke Heels, you know yeah. it is legit. That's so right. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we've, we've heard that so many times where young women have said, you know what, this was my final straw. And I already told God, like, if this doesn't work, I'm done. Um, so basically fast forward to Franny's time at the home here at Mercy and things started out rough for her as it does for many young women when they come in it's kind yeah. of a shock to the system yes. um but the the truth statements that the residents are taught to say out loud every single day slowly but surely started to really dismantle all of those lies that franny had been living in you know the lies were exposed in her time here and then as she began to speak and receive truth over her life those things really started to lose a hold of themselves or of of her and um, she could really feel things 
shifting in her heart as she voiced those words of truth over herself every morning and every evening. And, um, the Lord really just started doing a miraculous healing in her life. And um, I love this part because very soon Franny started doing something she had rarely done before. She started writing original songs and God showed Franny who she was by showing her who he is, mm. um, which is the case for all of us. Like, I don't know who I am until I know who my father is, you know? And I just love how that came full circle that these gifts that the Lord had placed inside of her from a very young age, um, you know, the world and the enemy did a number on her, but he brought that, he restored and redeemed all of that and mm-hmm. brought it all back. Um, and it's just so cool to to see how even now, so basically once, once Franny graduated, um, she would go on or graduated from the program here at Mercy. We use that term. Basically she completed the program right. and graduated from Mercy and she, um, would eventually go on to become a mentor at a a dream center um, for troubled teens. And after two years of interning there, she uh, was led to attend the Bethel School of Discipleship. And she graduated from that in May of 2018. And since then, she started her third year with Bethel and is interning for a pastor at um, Lifehouse Church, which is a sister church to Bethel. Um, So she's not only now making music of her own, but her dream is to start a safe house and a shelter for children to come, you know, day or night to find refuge and safety. And, um, not only that, but she wants to offer courses there in fashion, music, theater, writing, all the things that she has a passion for. I don't know. To me, that's one of my favorite parts of Franny's story is how, I know we talk about this some in Keys to Freedom, but how the Lord puts these like seeds of mm-hmm. passion and purpose and destiny inside of all of us. And just because those seeds have not been planted in an environment where they are, can flourish and grow doesn't mean that they're gone. Mm, and that those seeds of passion and purpose were always inside of Franny. And even though she experienced some of the most horrific evils and and really struggled for so many years. Those seeds were still there. And once she was able to find healing and find freedom and those seeds were able to be in a healthy environment where they could flourish now, like they're flourishing like Mm -hmm. crazy in her life. And I just love that because it says to me that it's never, ever, ever, ever too late. Whatever the Lord has put inside of you in gifts and passion and purpose, um, they just need to be planted in a healthy environment for them to grow. They haven't gone anywhere. They haven't disappeared. They haven't died. That's right. So I don't know. No, that's really good. I mean, I, there's kind of this, um, even just in, you know, some therapeutic settings, basically this theory. And I mean, and I, we know it's true, but this is even in secular, you know, that's my favorite word anyway, (laughs) that word so much. Um, but that, you know, basically your real self, right. Your Mm -hmm. healthy self kind of goes to sleep when dealing with trauma, you know, so there's this idea that we're somehow trying to repair this broken thing, but we're actually, you know, working through the therapeutic process, um, of, of getting, you know, people to a place of, of healing so that, that, true Mm -hmm. self, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Wakes up, um, and become, and that's the thing, like it, you know, you don't just become this different person, even though you may be acting like a different person because of what has happened to you, Mm. you know, who you are and who God has made you is there Mm -hmm. and it will, it will come to the surface. He will Mm -hmm. bring, you know, bring that up for you and and bring those places to life. That's good. I have experienced so much healing and so much freedom during my time at Mercy. I have to say that it was Holy Spirit. 
Um, getting to know Holy Spirit was the best thing that I've ever could have done. Without that connection and without knowing Him and getting to know Him how I was able to at that time, I would not have been able to get through it. I know that He was there with me, um, that He was working through the staff and even just the atmosphere of the home um, and how they're physically kept. Every single detail um, was just allowing me to encounter Holy Spirit in new ways. Mercy Multiplied is a free of charge residential program and we want to help. Please visit mercymultiplied.com today for more information. And remember, there is no problem too big or too small for God. So it's not just a Jesus thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, everybody just tries to copy this. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, I love going to conferences and I'm like, that's so good. You know who said that first? Jesus. The Bible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't do that. I do it in my head. Sometimes I say it. <laughs> oh you never know. Anyway, but, you know, I do think it's also important you mentioned that, you know, a lot of times we want to treat trafficking like it is happening everywhere else but here but I think it's really important to know that it is over a nine billion dollar industry in the U.S. alone Mm -hmm. and that we have some of the highest rates and hubs of this happening and also a lot of times it happens within family situations Mm -hmm. I mean she's this vulnerable kid and here's the deal who knows what happened to her brother Mm -hmm. to put Mm -hmm. him in a position Mm of you know like he's not even though he did horrible things like he's not the bad guy yeah in this situation and like my heart breaks for anyone who would Mm. at that young of an age mm. you know i mean no no that. one wakes up and like i think i'm gonna traffic my little sister yeah. today yeah. like there's a lot of stuff that goes into that you know um but a lot of people don't specifically know what it is so i know we just a definition just so y'all know from the un it's obviously a global issue um but don't forget that it can literally be happening down the street and just mm-hmm. when the lord lays you know people on your heart to be praying for Mm. who knows what you're delivering them Mm. from kind of in that obedience Mm -hmm. and so um but it's basically the acquisition of people by improper means such as force fraud or deception with the aim of exploiting them Mm -hmm. and so it's just exploitation on every level and um and like you said too when your identity becomes something, even if it's awful, that's what we're made to do. We're made to survive. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. And so when, you know, a lot of everybody kind of was like, oh, well, if we build houses for people who've been trafficked, we'll take them out of these situations. They'll be so grateful. And then nothing bad will ever happen again. And what we see is this extremely high percentage of people who go back into it mm-hmm. because they don't, we don't help them learn a new identity. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so, um, which is so cool that Franny was able to find her identity yeah. in Christ. And, yeah. you know, another thing is we'd like to overshadow, you know, we say, find your identity in Christ. Like it's some, you know, random Christian thing we say, but guys, it is really important. You will have an identity. Mm-hmm. You will have one. That's, That's what good. we are made to do. Mm-hmm. And if it is not in Christ, it will not serve you well yeah. overall. Yeah. And which, so, like, I know, and obviously this is, I know this is not what you were saying, but this is not to say if there's someone listening today who's like, oh, I run a safe house for trafficking victims. But, oh, you yeah. know, but like, yeah. it's not to say there's not a place for that because there is a place for that. Oh, there's no, no, no. We need it. It was just that a whole about, bunch of people went and started doing it and then they thought it ended there. Right, like if we have fine. a safe place. Yes. And now sure. we know and people are finding, oh, no, no, we have to provide you know, right. added therapy and, you know, discipleship and resources. And you it's know, from more than just having a home, like, you know, yeah. from overseeing the intake element of what mercy does, how many people call us and they're like, we need 
a place for this girl like tomorrow. Yeah. And we aren't an immediate place in the right. facility at Mercy. And so we need those immediate. Oh, gosh. Like, we no, need no, have you <laughs> yes. to have those places. Yeah. But yes. I just think that's so important that it doesn't end there. Right. And if mm-hmm. you think that just getting them off the streets is going to solve all their problems, there's so much yeah. underneath it that needs to be worked through. And so whether right. that's you finding some um, organizations within your own city, I mean, obviously Mercy is a resource for people out there. Yeah. Um, that is vitally important because just physically freeing them does nothing to free their soul, their heart, their mind from all of the things, you know, so that's just important. No, that's good. Like everything else, it's it's complicated and, Mm. you know, but yeah, that was the government solution. Cool. We'll just Mm -hmm, pay for a bunch mm -hmm. of houses. Yeah. And that's it. They'll be great. You know, and so, which we appreciate they exist. There's just another level and really it goes back into whatever your identity is. I mean, you, you hold on to that for mm. dear life. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. man, yeah, no, you were preaching there, girl. So, My spirit know, I, man was I testifying. Get, I, get, <laughs> I was like, yes, I get going sometimes. Yes. <laughs> no, but that's so good. And that really like that stems into so many areas, but especially in Franny's story with the topic of sex trafficking. And again, you know, Mel mentioned that that had become her identity. Like when that stopped, she really didn't know what to do because that was what she had known to do. I mean, that's who she thought that's what she thought she had been designed for, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. You know, that was where she found her love and significance. And so it became really important um, for her to not only learn the truth of who she really was, but to daily renew her mind and to actually practice walking that out. And that, like you said, is not a one-time, one-and-done. It is a continual process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, she had to walk the road of, of... not only forgiving herself, you know, for whatever, you know, identifying with that or aligning mm-hmm. with that, um, but also, you know, forgiving others. And, you know, one of my favorite things in Keys to Freedom and what we teach at Empower is, you know, learning to forgive mm-hmm. because honestly, a lot of us don't know how to do that the right way. And there is, yeah. <laughs> there is a right way. Um, and that's that, you know, forgiving the people that had hurt her was not excusing what they did. Yeah. It did not make it okay at any level. It just freed her soul and it freed her to be in relationship with the Lord so that he can heal all that nasty, horrible things that have been done to her. Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes we, we resist forgiveness because we think that, you know, we're saying, well, what they did was okay. Mm-hmm. And that is not at all what it is. You know, it mm-hmm. allows, um, you know, it allows God to deal with those people and frankly allows you to deal with the Lord. Like mm-hmm. it frees that relationship up to be open and full. And the other side of that is going to be so much better than continuing to be bitter and hate these people, Yeah, you know, and yeah. they deserve justice, but I do believe that God will line it out far better mm-hmm. than, than yeah. I will. And mm-hmm. I'm a justice person, mm-hmm. so it's very hard for me to say that mm-hmm. sometimes, sure. but he will. He'll handle it. Yeah. You know? I've been amazed since working at Mercy for the last, you know, seven years at this point, like how powerful forgiveness is in the stories of every young woman who comes through here. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't even imagine how many testimonies and stories I've heard where it like hinged on forgiveness. Like yeah. it was like, I was kind of like hitting a wall. And then when I decided to start walking that road of forgiveness, like everything broke open. It was like the key yeah, like yeah. that changed everything. Yeah. Oh my, not just here. And I can just tell you as a counselor, how many times you could literally watch people. And I love that you said that hitting against a wall, they would literally mm-hmm. be beating their head against a wall because they would not forgive this one person, whether it's mm-hmm. spouse, parent, 
whatever had happened to them because they they had some false identity even in that or that Mm -hmm. it was somehow you know getting them revenge or if they do it it's going to make what they did okay like yeah yeah, and they were you're like you're all you're almost there Mm -hmm. like we can almost get there you know but but living in forgiveness is and it is active and you've got to do it on the daily it depends (laughs) on how offended you are all the time yeah i do it every day and so (laughs) you know it's um but yeah like it's it is it was amazing how something as small as we talk about forgiveness would actually you know keep people from just moving forward in their Mm -hmm, healing mm -hmm. yeah well there's one part of franny's story that has always stood out to me and it wasn't really part of what i shared today but there was a there was a specific part of her story in the book where she talked about just how loved she felt at mercy and how that was like, that was a huge catalyst for her in her journey was just the experience of love. And it reminded me again of how many young women have gone through this program here at Mercy and they have said, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but it's hard for me to imagine hardly any testimonies that I've ever heard of any girl graduating from Mercy who has not said at some point in her testimony, yeah, they just really loved me here. Yeah. They just loved me here, you know, and just a little teaser for any of you who have not been to the Empower Workshop. We do talk about <laughs> a lot how everybody, for the most part, people's pain comes through hurtful relationships. It's someone that wounded me. It's someone usually that I should have trusted, a.k.a. my brother, yeah. someone who should have taken care of me that that didn't happen and I was hurt and I was wounded. And so where our hurts come from relationship, our healing also comes within the context of relationship. And we see that play out day in and day out here at Mercy. There is so much that the Lord does and there's so much about our program and our counseling and all of those things that are so important to the journey, but you can't underestimate just the power of someone being loved Mm -hmm. unconditionally and accepted. And so we do, I mean, in that specific session at Empower, we, I mean, we have a whole section on just loving people well, like how to love someone well, who's Mm -hmm. hurting and who's struggling because we do often get so caught up in the process and in the words that are coming out of our mouth and doing the right things and saying the right things and doing the right things and having the right plan and having the right strategy. And we can sometimes discount how powerful it is to just love somebody really well. Like that can be such a huge part and a huge catalyst for their journey. Colossians 3.14 is one of my favorite. It just says that above everything else, we're to clothe ourselves with love. And so we, we want to love people the way that Jesus did. And I'm still in one of the things that you talk about at Empower, but like he, he loved them where they were, but he refused to leave them where they were. Mm -hmm. And so just being that place of complete and total acceptance, because it's when, someone feels accepted for who they are, that they can actually then move forward and grow into more of that. That again, I know I talked about this last week, but this is coming back up. Changes that heal is a book that I'm reading Mm -hmm. through right now. And they just talked about how the only way to strive towards the ideal is to accept the reality of who you are right now. Like, so there is an ideal, there is a standard of perfection. Um, but like you have, like you can't, you can't grow in a healthy way. That's not driven by fear or condemnation. You can't grow in a healthy way until you've been able to accept the reality of who you are. So that we could do that for other people is so cool. Two things. One, if you haven't been to Empower, you obviously need to come. Obviously. And it's really fun and we're really fun and it will be great. (laughs) 
Second, <laughs> we need to start a book club. We do. Yes. Every time we, yeah, we just need a club. list of books. Yeah, that's it. Just well, so I guess true. we could just save all the Cloud and Townsend books. Yep. But yep. I, yeah, no, I love that. That's so good. Thanks, that's Mel. so good. Man, no, it's so true. And you know what? Really, truly, um, that kind of transformation can only be found and explained through Jesus. I mean, there's mm-hmm. just, there ain't no other way around it. You know, you, there... Gosh, there's so many things you could say about this here, but I think at the end of the day, um, it gives, number one, it gives you hope that things are never hopeless. Mm -hmm. And I know that gets overused and maybe even sounds cheesy, especially if you've grown up in the walls of the church and your situation does feel hopeless, but that is such a lie of the enemy to, to make you feel like there's no way out and to give Mm -hmm. up hope. Mm -hmm. And I think Franny's story is a great example of that. Even what you just shared, Mel, through the love that she received here at Mercy to realize that, um, that Jesus is the source of love that she'd been looking for. And Mm -hmm. that really was, um, that was the key to the transformation in her life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, there was another, uh, episode on treatment or transformation so (laughs) and i opened us up so i should close us out well that'd be great do it so (laughs) i'm so bad at this guys thanks you can do it thank you thank you (laughs) for being with us no really thank you for being with us it's always um fun no matter what we talk about and um you know i hope this is a blessed in your life and I feel like the Lord, I, for some reason, I feel like this one specifically is really going to stir some things mm. and some people. And I'm excited. God's going to do some cool stuff. And if that happens, let us know because yeah. it encourages us yes. that we're not just speaking out into the ether. <laughs> and Absolutely. the Lord's doing some stuff yeah. through, you know, us and me being a big weirdo. So anyway, <laughs> no. um, you guys are awesome. Have a great day. And we'll see you next time on Mercy Talk. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.